Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, we're two weeks into it, two weeks into college football season. You and I, before the show started, we were discussing, we love college football, don't we? I do. I spent the last, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, I probably spent 10 hours each of the last two Saturdays, at least. I'm just going to say at least, because it would have been longer, except I'm more advanced in my age now, so it's harder to stay up. Uh, but I watched at least 10 hours of college football. I was like last week I was like, Oh, USC's playing Stanford at 10 30. And Oh, look, there's another 10 30 game on out on the West coast. I'm definitely watching those. And at the, in the middle of the fourth quarter of the Alabama, Texas game, I'm like, Oh my gosh, come on, Andy, stay awake. But <laughs> by the, at the same token, yes, I've watched way too much college football, Jimmy. I picture Andy falling asleep in his Barca lounger watching college. Oh, wait a minute. That was me. Never mind. All right, Andy, let's move on. Let's get to the show. Speaking of college football in general, we're a couple weeks in. Teams are starting to get into their conference schedule. I thought it'd be a good time to take a step back and look at the national scene. We're all hopeful Penn State will be part of the national story as things progress here. But there's still a lot of things going on in college football. I want to hit some of the highlights with you. My first question to you, Andy, is what's going on in the Southeast Conference? Starting up, these are non-conference losses. Alabama, LSU, Florida, Texas A&M, South Carolina have all lost a non-conference game. Has the Southeast Conference come down a notch? Well, you'd never be able to convince anybody who's an SEC fan that maybe, just maybe, the SEC, in relative, not by SEC standards, but in relative to the other conferences in the country, is fairly pedestrian and and could be and potentially could be very average. I just think they're, they still could be a little top-heavy, because Georgia supposedly is the best team of the country, but they keep playing cans of corn, so you really don't know what's going on. Um, And they're in the SEC East, which the SEC East, other than the Georgia Bulldogs, appears to be as pedestrian as the Big Ten West on an average from year to year. It just looks very – it just looks bad. It doesn't look good. It just looks kind of bad to me. I don't think there's really a lot of comp- competition there um, for the Georgia Bulldogs. So, yes, to answer your question, I think overall, looking at the landscape of college football, that the SEC, as it's shaking out and continues to do it, they could be pedestrian. And it's not because they lost, Jimmy. It's because of what it looks like. You have to watch closely and know, like, okay, you could still lose a football game, but you're like, eh, yeah, they lost a football game, but that's still really, really, really good football team, and they've got a lot of 
they've got a lot of places that they can go. But it's more the way it looks like to me than anything else that I'm, you know, comfortably able to say like, yeah, looking at the rest of the landscape, they look as average as I've seen in quite a while. They do. And you mentioned Georgia. And looking at their schedule, Andy, I'm not sure when we're going to find out how good they are. They play two ranked teams on their schedule, neither one a top 10 team, Tennessee and Ole Miss. And their out-of-conference schedule so far has been UT Martin, Ball State. They got UAB coming up. And I think part of that is that cross-division Southeast Conference. They don't play Alabama or LSU in the cross-division, nor even Texas A&M looking at their schedule, which is just totally ridiculous. So we are not going to find out about them anytime soon. Uh, The other big story, and perhaps even the bigger story, uh, it's Colorado. And I got to admit, Andy, coming into the season, everything going on with Deion Sanders, I thought this whole thing had so much potential to implode. And so far, they took it to TCU. Then they really took it to Nebraska. Is Colorado the biggest story in college football? And are they for real, Andy? Well, Deion Sanders helps make them the biggest story in college football. And it's it's 50% what they're doing on the field. And it's 50% Deion Sanders. But... Jimmy, come on, Michigan State did this already, right? Michigan State did this. Colorado, it, it kind of shouldn't be a surprise because, let's face it, Deion Sanders is going to draw a different kind of talent to him than, say, Mel Tucker will. That's not a knock on Mel Tucker as a football coach. That's just saying Deion's got something cooking that's a little bit different. I mean, what did they have, 60 or 70 new players? Was it 60, Jimmy? I think was the number 60 some players, new players on their roster, but each, it wasn't like they were like, Hey, come one, come all. They were picking certain players that met a certain criteria and for a certain reason. And that's the way Deion coach. I don't think Deion Sanders and his staff is doing okay. I don't think he's a great football coach. X's and O's that football, you know, that kind of football coach. I don't think he's that good, but he is the best bus driver and getting everyone focused and pointing their gun in one direction, the best motivator. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to relate to people playing the game of football. Is he a really good coach because of that? It looks like it, but yeah, they beat Nebraska last week and the score looked like it, but it took them a long time to make some hay against that Nebraska defense I still worry in the long term about their offensive line. I just don't think it's very good. But when your skill players are beating guys in open field like they're able to do, and the quarterback, who's a Heisman candidate, there's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt about it that that, that uh, Deion Sun is, a, is clearly a Heisman Trophy candidate. That kid is dynamic. When he's finding players in those spaces the way he finds them, at some point, the offensive line, he they're covering up for what the offensive line can't do because they cannot line up and run the ball straight at you. They simply are not going to be able to do that. And they're not going to try and do that. But they're going to be a very fun story to follow. I'm I'm 
I love Deion Sanders as a player. I liked him at Florida State just because he was different. I remember like, oh, this guy's different. But he was really, really, really good and did it his way. He's not the greatest X's and O's football coach you're going to run across. He's doing the same thing. He's really, really good at doing it his way. And you can't argue with that. But he doesn't have to be a great X's and O's guy. You bring people in as your coordinators, let them do their work, let Dion do his thing. But it's fascinating to me, uh, Andy, that you talk about you were a fan of his as a player back to his Florida State days. It just shows you how polarizing he is. I am not a Dion fan. I am not. Okay. I could respect what's going on there and admire the fact that this team that was 1-11 last year is now 2-0 with two impressive wins. They're not, they're not beating Podunk. They're, they're beating, you know, uh, Power 5 schools. So you, you got to tip your hat to him. You made reference to Michigan State. If we're reviewing college football, Andy, I, we can't get through a segment without mentioning what's going on in Michigan State. And this has a, a bit of everything. I mean, is this about the B2 me movement? Is this about money? Is it about race? Is it about our legal system? It feels like all of those things are wrapped into one in this story about uh, Coach Mel Tucker. Yeah, the university suspended him, as you know, everyone knows. Um, you mentioned, you know, some of the underlying, you know, possibilities of what could be the root of this. I, I just think it's two adults who um, got themselves into something that they didn't want to be in. And now they're, they're in, because of the positions that they're in professionally, it's now, uh, to me, it's about he said, she said. That, that's just what it's come down to, to me. It's just clear that two people got themselves in too deep of a, a situation that neither one of them wanted to be in or was comfortable with. Neither one, eventually. It doesn't, you know, neither one of them wanted to be in a situation and with their professions, they felt it was somehow compromising. So now it'd be, from my, from my vantage point, it becomes, he said, she said, I don't know, did she, does she lose her job? Does the company that she works for suspends her? But she's the one bringing the charges against Mel Tucker, so the university has to be reactive. That's why they suspended him, right? Like, I'm trying to look at it equitably, like, if I, I see it as a 50-50 proposition, then why isn't it both? Mel Tucker did not uh, charge her with anything or did not bring any uh, action against her that would jeopardize her. So the university literally had to react and uh, suspend him accordingly. Andy, I wonder about certain things when I see a story like this. Mel Tucker has about $80 million left on his contract, and Michigan State would love to get out from under that contract. If the contract weren't a factor, how different would this story play out, I wonder? That's a good That's a good point, Jimmy. Yeah, money matters. You already mentioned that. Money. It's about money. Money, money always matters. Yeah, it does. <laughs> There's two versions of the story. There's her story which, if true, Mel Tucker really 
needs to be gone yesterday. If his version of the story is true, though, what does Michigan State do then? Yeah, I I don't know, Jimmy. <laughs> I can't. I don't have that crystal ball. I don't have it. I can't. I can't. I can't figure that one out. Andy, all I could say is, at the end of the day, it's money is going to be the root of the answer to this. Whether a, it's yep. a negotiated settlement, Mel Tucker just manages to get salvage whatever he can out of it. Go ahead, make the last point. Yeah, that this is all about where the money ends up going. It, it's not about Mel Tucker's career as a football coach. Where Follow the money. That will tell you where he ends up. Very good, Andy. We'll end it on that note. Next segment, we're going to talk Illinois. How about that? Actual football, Andy. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Gawante along with Andy Shea. As promised, Andy, we're going to look ahead to Illinois Saturday. Penn State's first road game, first Big Ten game of the season. Big Ten game on the road. Where have you heard that before? This is what, about the 56th year in a row that Penn State is starting their (laughs) Big Ten schedule on the road. The, The question becomes, Andy, you know, how big a test is this? 
And how big a test is this, not just for the team, but for Drew Aller, the young quarterback? So, yeah, this is this is a test for this team because it's their first game away from Beaver Stadium, right? Like, Penn State's a different and slightly, I would just say slightly better version of itself at home always. They just are. They And particularly this group, because they create some chaos that just makes a crowd go crazy, right? So this is a test in that it's the first time where they've taken their show on the road. I, th- I think there's a little luster off of it. I mean, Fox, who has the game, was originally scheduled for their big, te- you know, their big show. Their kickoff show was supposed to be in Champaign. Well, they moved that to Colorado <laughs> because the Illini have not sort of held up their end of the bargain at one and one and being significantly less than impressive at one and one. So, and it is as, as the same as it is for Penn State's team, it is another benchmark in the development and stepping stones that are Drew Aller's first season as a starter. It is his first Big Ten game. It is his first road game. He has put together eight dynamic quarters of football. Well, not eight, because he didn't finish the game against Delaware. But he's put against, you know, he's put up two games of, you know, pretty high-level quarterbacking at the FBS level for a first-year starter. So, that that moves another benchmark forward. Other than that, I don't see it as, you know, like anything exceptional needed from your quarterback in this matchup. I just think it's those kind of benchmarks will be important to see not only him, but how this whole squad handles that. Andy, I want to get to the uh, sarcastic point I made about starting on the road in the Big Ten. And it, it is almost... It, what is it, eight years in a row now they've started their Big Ten schedule on the road, which just seems unfathomable. Just if it's being done randomly, how do you have that happen eight times in a row? My question, does that matter at all? I mean, you have to play these games at some point, you know, these road games. Does it really matter that the first conference game is on the road? No, I don't care. I don't think it does, Jimmy. I don't care. I don't know how much. Penn State, I know you mentioned it because it's a crawl that sticks in your burr. I don't know how much Penn State fans care. I don't really care if they have to play their first Big Ten game of the season on the road. I mean, they've already had two home games already, so it's time to go on the road. You know, you're not Michigan where you get to play, you know, four cupcakes to start the year. And, you know, I think every one of those is at home. This, you know, Penn State doesn't have Michigan's, you know, atrocious schedule. They've got a little meat on their schedule bone. So, it feels good and it's time. I thought Purdue last year was a clear, you know, first game of the season on the road, Big Ten. That's different, Jimmy. You've got you've got a little seat time now. And I think the other issue is who it is you're playing on the road first. Purdue last year. You play Purdue in the middle of the season when they already have a couple losses. It's a much different feel than playing Purdue at night in their opener when they still have, you know, the this idea that they could be a really good team and this is a huge game for them. Same thing a couple years ago when they were playing at Wisconsin. But I think Illinois, as you said, third game of the year. And it's, it's a pretty average Illinois team, by the way. I think Penn State fans are still spooked by the Illinois game from a couple years ago, which had 56 overtimes before being decided. 
you'll notice there's a theme there. I keep using 56, Andy, when exaggerating. But Illinois has been very, very underwhelming this year. They beat Toledo 30-28, to had it handed to them to camp by Kansas 34-23. So is this going to be a test? Is this Illinois team capable of even testing this Penn State team? I know that they've. this Illinois team is massively underperforming, Jimmy. Massively underperforming. And and that's acknowledging that they lost a fair good amount, especially for the University of Illinois. They lost a fair amount of NFL talent at some key positions. They lost a lot of seniors anyway. And they lost their defensive coordinator. Despite all of that, they still had these sort of quasi-realistic, maybe possibly unrealistic, that they were a possible contender in the Big Ten West. I, I just failed to see that before the season. But despite saying that, they've still underperformed massively as a team. They barely beat Toledo in the dying seconds. And you look at the score last week and you're like, ah, 34-23. That game was 34-7. Over. You know, that was all garbage time. So the competitive phase of that game was over at 34-7 against Kansas last week. So they have not been good. Their defense, which they expected to carry more water this year, has been the the worst of what the underperforming groups and any unit on the field and the you know, collective group of players, their defense has just simply been bad. And Penn State is going to bring an offense that is one of only seven Power 5 teams right now that's averaging 50 or more points. Yeah, I know they played Delaware, but they also had a little bit of rusty wheel against West Virginia and are still averaging 50 points a game. And that might feel a little light, right? Like if you're a Penn State fan, you'd be like, man, we could probably be closer to 60 or 50 if, you know, we weren't just a wee bit rusty. And so I just think bringing 50 points to the table against the defense that struggles is a very important part of this game. Andy, let's look at it from the Penn State side. If you're the Penn State coaching staff, what are you looking for from your team? Yeah, I uh, I think I think I'm going to start with the defense, right? I think Penn State's looking at its defense to really sort of squish the Illinois offense, right? I think there's the ability to do this. Illinois does not have a – they don't have a really good running game. They have an inexperienced offensive line. Um, their quarterback is a little bit of a dual threat. For me, I'm looking at – I'm looking at can this Penn State defense – absolutely squish this game. They've been a little, Penn State's defense has been good, really good, not great. And they've been a little leaky, Jimmy, right? They've given up some plays. They've been missing some coverages here and there, just little things where it's like, it's just not sharp, right? That's just the best way I'll clarify it. They just haven't been sharp. And I do think Illinois has a quarterback in Ole Miss transfer, Luke Altmyer. He's not a great big-armed quarterback. He's a good runner, probably a little better than you think. And don't forget, the West Virginia quarterback gave them trouble with his legs. This guy's kind of in the same mold that way, but a better thrower. And he will he's, – he's really good at finding when you make mistakes and taking advantage of it in coverage. 
you have miscommunication coverage, you leave a guy open, this guy's finding him. So sharper, tighter is where I'm looking if you're Penn State's defensively. You could put a stamp on this game. That group can do it first, often, and early, and just give the offense as much you know runway as it needs. Rather than I think it's been a little bit of the other way around for Penn State, you know, from basically the second half through, it's been the offense that's sort of been, you know, standing out and shining. I think it's, to me, it feels like it's time for the defense to make a mark, and this this offense is set up to have to be taken advantage of. Okay, Andy, I got to get there because we each got to make our predictions and our bold predictions. I wanted to give you enough time for that. Prediction and bold prediction from you. So I want to start and talk about Penn State's offense, and then I will – I'm going to get to my prediction. They, right now, and the two opponents they faced, Illinois' defense has given up almost 1,000 yards, Jimmy. They're last in the Big Ten in yards per game rushing allowed. They have two potential defensive tackles that are going to be NFL draft picks. They're just not playing very well right now. So – on the flip side, we haven't seen the Penn State defensive ends or Abdul Carter really emerge yet, have we? We haven't really seen them emerge. It's game three, lads. It's time. I really want to see that trio and, you know, the two starting defensive ends and Abdul Carter start to emerge a little bit more. I just think it's the right time. I think Penn State can control this football game. I think they will... It will be a little, you know, iffy, squeezy, tidy maybe in the first half. But I don't I, I don't think Penn State can be truly threatened by Illinois unless Penn State steps on itself. So I'm going to go Penn State 41, Illinois 17. And my bold prediction is both Penn State starting running backs, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, register at least one run each of 30 or more yards. Very good, Andy. We haven't seen Uh, many of those from them, have we, Jimmy? No, we have not. And uh, it's interesting that your prediction and bold prediction are both pretty close to mine. I just see this. A lot of times we try to look at styles and, you know, horses for courses and so on. Sometimes it's as simple as who is the more talented team. Yep. Wherever you look, Penn State is the more talented team. I have no idea what Illinois' kicker is like. I don't care. That may be a place they can win, but it won't matter. Penn State is just better no matter which side has the ball. My score prediction is Penn State 42-10 to 10 over Illinois. I don't think Illinois will be a threat to to the Nittany Lions, and kind of going along the same theme as you. You had the both running backs having a big run. My bold prediction was I have at least two big plays, which we haven't seen yet, one from the running game and one from the passing game. We're going to get two long touchdown plays, and it will be one from each of the categories, one a running TD, one a passing TD of what do you want to institute as long, Andy? 40 yards? Let's use 40 that. 40 yards for the run, 60 yards for the pass. 
There you go. We'll see one from each. All right, Andy, that's it for quarter two. Quarter three, this is where you take over. We're going to take your questions, and we're going to ask Andy. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's Andy. This is quarter three. You know what that means. It's time to ask Andy. This is where you we take your questions for Andy. So if you want to send in a question, here's how you do it. Download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy and Ask T. Frank buttons. Hit that. You can send a question to either one of them. At the end of the segment, Andy's going to pick out the best question. That person. They will win the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com. Andrew P., are you ready? I am ready, Jimmy. Let's let's go. Let's go. Okay, Andy. I'm going to give you a little bit of an option here. You have your choice of which way, which question we start with. Okay. There's one question that takes a shot at you, and there's a question that takes a shot at me. (laughs) Which question do you want to hit first? Oh, definitely take the shot at me first. I want to I want to leave the audience with the shot at you. All right. Here we go. Sean from Somerset, PA says, "Andy, would you still like to defend your hot take of Christian Hackenberg being better than Drew Aller?" Very very solid question, Sean. Excellent question. 
Solid question. Excellent question. Excellent question. Yes. So let's go back and do this, Sean. Let's take the first eight quarters that Christian Hackenberg played as a starting quarterback for Penn State and the first eight quarters that Drew Aller has played for Penn State. Run those two games back side by side in sequential order, and then I think you're going to have a close toss-up, right? I'm still saying big picture overall. I'm not there yet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready to be moved off my mountain yet. I, I'm not saying Drew Aller's bad. I, how can you think? How could I possibly think that? I just know that if I think about it in the early going, man, Christian Hackenberg was really good his first year. Really good his first year. And I think he was more productive in a difficult situation than people want to give him credit for. That's all. I'm going to stand on the mountain still, but um, it's I'm I'm entertaining options to be moved off my seat. But I'm not, and I was not entertaining options before. But I am not ready to be moved off my seat yet. I'm I'm close, right. but I'm not there yet. Sean, let me take this up for you, buddy. Oftentimes in this kind of discussion, it's it's an opinion, okay? And that's what we like about sports. You could express an opinion and have different opinions about things. However, however, in this situation, Andrew P. is just plain wrong, okay? He's wrong, Sean. He's wrong. Christian Hackenberg, not as good as Drew Aller any day of the week. Drew Aller is the guy, okay? There we go. End of discussion. And you know what? Uh, maybe next week we'll try to go back and take a look at what Christian Hackenberg did in his first couple games as a starter and, and make that comparison. All right. Let's, uh, let's see who takes a shot at Jim now. And let's go to Tim and Port Matilda. He starts with, I mean, that 66-yard rushing TD by Delaware was nearly half of what the Blue Hands had total. That was not a defensive line issue, at least for my eye. It looked like Elsden was out of his lane. I, I think you were correct on that, Tim. Now, Tim turns his attention to me. And for those of you who don't know this, I missed the Penn State-Delaware game. My niece was getting married. I missed the game. So here is uh, a, a Tim's take. Jim, fall weddings, no you need to throw your weight around here and demand a projector screen during the reception. Well, only a couple a couple issues with that, Tim. I respect your opinion that a projector screen would be nice at the reception. The only problem is the reception wasn't till 4.30. The uh, wedding itself in the church was at 1 o'clock, which was during the game. So unless we want to put the projection screen up in the church, wasn't going to happen, okay? So um, I'll tell you what, Andy, and I'll let you have your say, and I'll tell a quick story. My uncle, who was a huge Penn State fan, was a Penn State college professor. I'm going back at least 40 years when my aunt, his sister, got married. And for those of you old enough to remember what a transistor radio is, my uncle took one into the church and had the earphone in so he could listen to a Penn State-Ohio State game from way back when. Go ahead, your thought, Andy. So I'm going to defend your niece and her new husband, and by the way, congratulations, and say, hey, they scheduled it for the Penn State-Delaware game. You got to give them props for that, Jimmy, right? Like, 
it could have been a it could have been a lot worse week. It could have been the Michigan game. It could have been you know, could have been later in the year. It could be the Iowa whiteout game coming up. You know that could have been an option. It was Delaware, so I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them some props for picking the right Penn State game to schedule a wedding against. Well, here, here's here's the funny part now, Andy. Now, on the other side of the family, on Annie's side of the family. Nephew just got engaged, okay? And while we were at my niece Vicky's wedding, they were getting together as a family and announcing their wedding date. Oh boy. October 5th of next year. Oh, see, so. that's that's just not a good one. Not a good so, one. Uh, yeah, it's probably not going to be someone like Delaware at a conference. It'll, uh, at the bare minimum, be a, a conference game. So, anyway, all right, let's move on. However, I'm the one who feels the pain, but I will point out there's only a couple things, a couple things in this world more important than college football. My niece's wedding was one of those, Andy, so... No regrets, and I will feel no regrets next year when I hit my nephew's wedding also. All right, let's go. Jimmy, yeah, right, okay, yeah, okay, I believe you. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, this is why we have the ability to record those games. Let's move on. I guess someone, someone cynical could say, you know, you could watch a recording of the wedding also. Let's move on, though. Let's get Matt in Acton, Massachusetts. It says, Jim and Andy, going back to the conference realignment, could you please give details as to what and how schools move to other conferences? Is it about being competitive and or geography? Because it seems silly and impractical to me that a California school would join the ACC or some ADs must have skipped fifth grade geography class. But I think I know the answer to that, which segues into my next question. You both have said money talks when discussing realignment for media deals. With that being said, would you see Ohio State and maybe Michigan move to the Southeast Conference and at what cost? No, because the Southeast – I, I, I can't see – money-wise, they'd be losing money right now, I think, going to the SEC from the Big Ten. And they're the, they're, they're the top dogs. Why would you become – one of the top dogs when you already are the top dogs. I mean, it's an interesting question, Matt, but I mean, college football, the the money, right? Like you nailed that. It's certainly that's, that's top of the list. But the other part that I think college football fans need to start to embrace is that, and especially ones that are more life seasoned. How's that Jimmy? Like you and I, we're pretty life seasoned. College football literally no longer has any regional basis to it. None whatsoever at all as it is set up now and as it is moving towards the regionality which was kind of a like a hidden charm or maybe a overt charm it didn't matter it was a charm part of college football was the regionality of it that no longer exists and that to get a grasp around that and sort of accept that as that is where the game is it sort of makes the sort of conference moving around and the geography and all of that a little less of a stumbling block to sort of understanding conference realignment. Regionality no longer matters. And Andy, I'm going to give a two-part answer to this 
you're correct. Money is the driving force. Right. Uh, Tim, uh, the question from Matt, most comparable comparison is Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 to go to the Southeast Conference. They were the two top dogs there. They're giving up that regionality to go to the Southeast Conference for money. More. If the Big 12 were, were right, if the Big 12 was making comparable money, they would have stayed there. USC, comparable money in the Pac-12, they would have stayed there. However, what I wonder is going to happen is, are those schools going to regret it because of the competitive nature? Oklahoma and Texas could be assured to be near the top of the Big 12. All of a sudden, you go into a conference with Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M and Florida and Tennessee. No guarantees they're going to be at the top anymore. Same thing with USC moving to the Big 10. I'll even go so far back as our own dear Nittany Lions. There are still folks who don't like the move to the Big 10 even though, obviously, financial stability and also the big dollars, not just stability, comes with being in that Big Ten conference, there's a lot of Penn Penn State fans in their heart of heart wish they could still play the regional teams that they grew up with, closer to home, places they could drive to. Nobody wants to travel to Iowa or to Michigan. So... You know, I, I, even though the money will be there, USC's getting their money, Oklahoma's getting their money, Texas is getting their money. I'm wondering if there's going to come a, a day where the fans are like, gee, I'm not sure it was worth it. What do you say, Andy? I think the game still has too much allure that you might not like it. You might not want to go to Champaign, right, for an away game. You would rather go to West Virginia or Boston, right? Or Pittsburgh, for example, right? Morgantown for West Virginia. You would, but you might not like it. But man, the draw of the the game and the allure of the college football, it 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 kind of trumps it. It just sort of does it. You might, you don't have to like it, but you're like, yeah, I'd rather be doing this. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to Champaign. I'm going to Evanston. I'm going to go to Iowa City. And and Penn State fans have learned to live with it. Doesn't mean that they like it. Correct. Very quickly, Andy, we need a winner now because we have a guest coming for quarter four. Who's our winner? Let's go with Matt in Acton, Massachusetts. Is uh, Let's see. Yes, we had a nice conversation based on Matt's question. Matt is our winner. Very good, Matt. Andy, thanks so much. We have our guest, Sean Gold, coming in quarter four. Sean's going to make his picks for the weekend. You want to stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right. Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante with Sean Gold. For more of Sean's take, this is where we have Sean take a look at the games for the upcoming week on the college football schedule He'll make his picks, and we'll all make some money because of it. Sean, welcome back to the show. How you doing, my friend? Well, Jim, once again, thanks for having me back. And two, I'm doing great this week. We know how the weekend went. I'm feeling pretty good. Well, what Sean is referring to is last week he went 4-1. and one. I hope you were all paying attention last week. You know all that does, Sean, is put more pressure on you for the coming week, right? Hey, you know what? That's exactly what I want. Time to level up and do it again. All right. That's what we like to hear from a gamer. The only game you missed was the game that I had the most confidence in. That was Alabama against Texas. You and I both liked Alabama. I'll I'll tell you what, Sean. I thought the difference in that game was Texas just had the much better quarterback than Alabama did. It made Alabama very human. Yeah, it really did. And what was unfortunate, you know, when I was watching the game is we did have some missed throws, but Alabama's offensive line could not hold up against that Texas pass rush. And so quarterback play, I think a lot of it was impacted as well by the offensive lines play. And we know in football, when your offensive line breaks down, it's really hard to win football games, especially on a big stage like Texas, Alabama. All right, John, enough of taking bows for last week. Now we've got to look forward I don't think it's a great schedule this week, but you still found five games to take a look at. How about we start with the home team? Let's start with Penn State on the road this week for the first time at Illinois. Illinois is getting uh, around 14 and a half points is the latest that I saw. How do you like the Nittany Lions in this one? To start, let's start with Illinois. They've been very disappointing to me this season. Their defense last year was their calling card. And that unit was expected to be very, very good once again this year. But 
both Toledo and Kansas have been able to put up points on them. Now, Kansas has a great offense. Don't get me wrong, but I would take Penn State's offense over Kansas's offense in a heartbeat still. So now Illinois is going to face their toughest task, a Big Ten opponent, and a hot Penn State offense. Now, I know Big Ten games have the potential to be close. The Big Ten's always been a conference where teams grind it out against each other. But we have to remember, and I said this last week, Penn State, until they play Ohio State and Michigan, are going to be in the shadows of those two programs. So the best thing Penn State can do is to continue to blow out opponents and continue to keep their name on the map. I know they're the seventh-ranked team in the country, but they're still behind two other Big Ten teams. So I think this week they're going to go into Illinois. They're going to put up some points. They're going to cover this spread, and they're going to get another dominant victory and show Ohio State and Michigan we are coming for you. Very good. That's one that'll be music to the Penn State fans' ears. Let's go on to Colorado State at Colorado. A week ago, it was Colorado, Nebraska, Big game. You were very, very high on the Buffaloes. They came through with flying colors. This week, I think folks are beginning to believe in them. They're actually a 23.5-point favorite with Colorado State visiting them. Do you still like Colorado and Deion Sanders? Well, as you said, the narrative is out. There's no more me kind of sneaking behind the scenes telling you Colorado's a value pick. Colorado is here and everybody knows it. My big question is, Colorado just beat Nebraska by 22 points. Is Colorado State only a point and a half worse than Nebraska? I don't think so. I think Nebraska would beat Colorado State if the two were to play each other. So with that being said, Colorado State just lost to Washington State 50 to 24. I think Colorado can manhandle Colorado State this week. And I think Deion Sanders and this team similar to Penn State, no, they're now in the shadows of some other Pac-12 schools. USC, Oregon, Washington are all ahead of Colorado in the rankings. And until Colorado gets to play USC, gets to play Oregon, they need to continue to build this momentum and blow out opponents. The worst thing for Colorado this week would be to have a close game against Colorado State and create some worry around the program. So I think Deion Sanders knows that. I think the players know that. And they want to come out and once again, put the pedal to the metal and get a big blowout victory for this in-state rivalry. Okay, next up is Tennessee at Florida. This is a Southeast Conference East Division game. I'm not sure anybody in that division is going to be able to challenge Georgia. If there is someone, it would be one of these two teams The winner of this one would probably set themselves up as the only challenger or the most likely challenger against Georgia. Tennessee is at Florida. Uh, Tennessee is favored almost a touchdown at six and a half points is where I had it. What are you looking for there, Sean? This is going to be a very exciting game. Saturday night football, there's nothing better. And I encourage everybody to tune into this game and watch Joe Milton play quarterback for the Vols. I think Milton's a really, really good quarterback. And the only reason his numbers aren't jumping off the page right now is because of how good this run game has been for Tennessee. Tennessee's a very complete team, and people don't realize that. So the big thing in this game is the Florida Gators' defense. They give up the 17th fewest yards in the country right now. But let's look a little deeper into that. They played Utah week one, who didn't have their starting quarterback. And now they manhandled McNeese State last week, which I don't think shocked anybody. So 
similar to how Illinois is, the Gators are going to now play the best offense they've seen by far this year. And I think Tennessee wants, just like Penn State, just like Colorado, to come out here and make a big statement and show we can go into Gainesville and get a big-time victory against a big-time program and show everyone that we do deserve to be in these conversations in the SEC. So I'm going with Tennessee covering that minus six and a half spread. I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown in this game. And this is a big momentum game for Tennessee. And I think they will deliver on the big time stage. I think that's a good call there too. I'm, I'm not a believer in Florida right now. And I do think Tennessee has something to establish here that they can be a challenger uh, for the division title. I'm not sure they'll be competitive with Georgia, but this is their opportunity to establish themselves at least as the strong number two and ready to take take on uh, the Bulldogs. Okay, next up, this one is a fascinating game, uh, Sean, just because of all the circumstances going on around it, and that's Washington at Michigan State. Two Power Five uh, schools. We got the Pac-12 going against the Big Ten. It's at Michigan State. Michigan State, a heavy underdog. I have them at 16-point underdog. And you've got everything going on around the program right now. Their coach is suspended. It's, you always wonder when this kind of thing happens, is the program going to be in disarray for that next game? Or are they going to rally around it and play over their head? What do you see for that one? Well, as you said, it's either disarray or you're rallying. For this instant, for Michigan State, I think this is a very hard situation to rally around. It's unfortunate, but they just lost their $95 million head coach to a lot of very unpleasant things that went on there. That's a hard emotional stress that you have to go through. That makes it a very, very long week for this Michigan State team. And judging from my playing experience when I formerly played at Yale, we had instances where nothing near this magnitude but where there was some drama throughout the week. And it makes the week really, really long. And so while you don't feel that physically, the mental drainage that that can cause can really affect your performance on a Saturday. And now couple that with the fact that you have one of the best scoring offenses in the country coming to your stadium, and it makes it a very tough matchup for Michigan State. So Washington's coming into town. They're the number six ranked offense in the entire country. Michigan State's defense, to their credit, has been their calling card, but their two prior opponents currently have the 157th and 234th ranked offenses in the country. Once again, Washington is going to be by far the best opponent that they've seen this year. So couple a great Washington program with the emotional distress factor, and I, I just don't think Michigan State can hang around in this game. I like Washington. Washington's also very motivated because I guarantee you, the winner of the Pac-12 this year is going to the college football playoff. We have a strong Pac-12 conference. It's either going to be Colorado, Washington, Oregon, or USC going to the college football playoffs. And Washington's going to make their case for it to be them every single week of the season. And a big win at Michigan State can go a long way for this Washington program. I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't have the confidence in Michigan State to be up for this. I'm not as sure as you are about a Pac-12 team making the playoffs, though. I like the Pac-12. You just rattled off several good teams. I'm not sure how much they're just going to keep, they're going to knock themselves off each other. And 
maybe that the winner of that conference is going to have two losses, which probably would eliminate them from a playoff possibility. Okay, last game we have is LSU at Mississippi State. Uh, LSU is a nine-point favorite on the road. LSU has a lot to prove. They have a loss, an early loss. They have a lot to prove here, Sean. Will they show something against the Mississippi State Bulldogs? I think they definitely will. And talk about a college football playoff hopeful. That was LSU's goal coming into the season until Florida State really ruined things for them in week one. So LSU bounced back from that. They beat Grambling State 72-10. to Nothing that surprised any of us. But LSU is still going to be very motivated. And one of the biggest things that I look for for teams when you're trying to look who can cover the spread is who has that extra chip on their shoulder, that extra motivation that's going to help carry them. And LSU losing in week one is going to be a fire for that team the entire season because they know if they won that game, they're setting themselves up for a trip to the college football playoffs. And unfortunately for them, that may not be happening this year, but they want to blow out every team they play to show that they maybe still do deserve a chance, even if they are a one-loss team. And they're going to have some tougher games down later on this season, but they are taking on a good Mississippi State team. And I think LSU knows that a big win this week can go a long way for them. So I do like them to, to beat Mississippi State by 10 or more points, cover the spread, and stay in that top 15 nationally ranked area. Very good, Sean. That's it for the picks. Real quickly, if our listeners want to get more Sean's take, where should they go? Yeah, so follow us on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter at Sean's Take. I've got links in my bio that can lead you to all of our Sean's Take platforms there. So please do join the discussion. We also have our chalkboard in the links in my bio. That's where you can talk about these games with me all day long. So every Saturday, I'm in the chats all day long talking with people about college football games. All right, very good. Just to recap quickly, Sean has LSU over Mississippi State, Washington over Michigan State, Tennessee over Florida, Colorado over Colorado State, and the Nittany Lions over Illinois. Sean, thank you so much. Let's keep our fingers crossed for another four-in-one week. That is it for our show. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.